Hello and welcome to episode four of Grow Like a Pro. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankers, and I got alongside me, Jason Flagel. You want a new car. <laughs> He's been sitting prepping that for weeks. Oh my God, I love it. I always love your intros, Jason. It's always something fresh, but I still think Hello World's my favorite. Hello World. <laughs> that was the best. Just started it off right. Oh my God. Well, we have, a, we have a special show for all you listeners today. It's kind of an older show. We actually recorded it, what, like four or five weeks ago or something? Yeah, yeah. Four, but four it's, weeks ago. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's about Toys R Us. You know, Toys R Us went bankrupt and they went away and then mm-hmm. now they announced that they're coming back. So it was just big in the news and it sparked a bigger conversation, which Jason and I didn't really even expect, but we really yeah. had an, an awesome talk. <laughs> about branding and you know finding your your voice and your image especially with a tra- changing market and yep, yep. how to really speak to your audience and you know all your customers and it was a really really good conversation yeah it's packed full of really good insights i think yeah definitely so once again we're not going to spend too much time we want you to get into the episode because it's just us mm-hmm. talking about the same exact thing but we just wanted yeah, to yeah. come in and say hi because there are some references to things that happened a few weeks ago so if you're like what 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 time what, what year is it right now <laughs> what is going on we just wanted to preface by saying this was recorded before but we thought it was very valuable to our listeners. So well, with Black Friday coming up too, and Cyber that, Monday, this that's is true. You know, pretty yeah, timely. That's so a, that's a very good point, my friend. Very good point, <laughs> my friend. But we do want to remind people once again: if you want to be a part of the show, always send an email to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Send us questions, topics. Let us know if you want to be on the show and help make this thing something spectacular. Spectacular. <laughs> so, without further ado, I present to you the one, the only. Toys are us hello and welcome to episode four of grow like a pro i'm one of your hosts adam bankhurst and i got alongside me the jason flagel the are you really gonna pull with that <laughs> that's my that's my website <laughs> that's your website okay well you know what if you own the url then i think it's allowed that's right. to uh, <laughs> well the J- do i have to like pr- announce you as the jason flagel from here on out sure why not <laughs> why <do> I- <laughs> This is going to be a problem. I mean, well, I'll do the same for the Adam Bankers. <laughs> That's right. I guess I can do that. Oh, my gosh. Well, the Jason Flagel, it's nice to have you back beside you. me for the fourth episode of Grow Like a Pro. Yeah, I was down in Florida this last week, and that was pretty fun, exciting. Got some time in the beach and the sun. Did you so survive the great. hurricane? Yes. Yeah, Hurricane Michael came through on the panhandle. So um, Where were you we were in the um, Palm Coast area, so oh, okay. na- near St. Augustine. So it wasn't too bad over there. But the, you know, I was telling Adam off uh, before we started the recording that the rip currents were just ridiculous. The wind pattern changed as the uh, hurricane was going across the the Gulf. So it was just it was crazy. But yeah, it's good to be back back to the. Uh, what thirty some oh degree God. weather this morning? Yeah, we're we're <laughs> recording in Columbus, Ohio, and That's right. last week it was like eighty degrees, and then the next day it was forty five. Yep. Just like there was no fall, no autumn. It was like boom, you're you're screwed. Crazy. It was insane. Yeah. Ugh. And of so course, I just good. got I just got a new puppy, and oh, now yeah, I, did, every yeah. time I walk him, I'm like freezing to death. So <laughs> it's like, come on, you could have like given me a few weeks of nice. Is the does the puppy like the cold? Or I don't think he minds. Yeah, we we I actually got a Australian Shepherd Collie mix. His That's name is awesome. Ori. He's about ten weeks old, and he's got like a furry. Coat, so I think he's probably pretty warm. That's cool. I'm <laughs> sure that his coat. Well, if you have him outside, you, know, you take him on walks. I'm sure oh, his yeah. coat will go to get thicker as the cold uh, temperatures drop more. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, we're so uh, Adam. What are we talking about today? We're talking about life, love, and everything in between. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow, wow. that's news to me. <laughs> no, so if, if you're new to the show, we uh, last week we had a guest on Dershan Vyas of Loud mm-hmm. Capital, and we had an interview about you know how he found his success and how his career is going and what he's been working on and kind of his story and stuff. And yeah, what we also mentioned is that and his secret project and his secret projects, which yeah. we can't wait to find out about. <laughs> um, but we. Uh, this week, we're doing something just a little different, just to give everyone an idea of what the show's going to be. And we're going to be discussing kind of a topic that's happening in you know current the current climate and yep, yep. how it kind of in, interacts with different marketing techniques or marketing things or how you can help grow your business. And today, it's all about branding. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, we'll be talking about uh, Toys R Us. Spoiler warning. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's Toys so R Us, exciting. a lot of interesting news about... You thought they were gone. Now they might be coming back. And it's going to be a whole discussion about branding. And uh, mm-hmm. it should be pretty fun. And we're excited to kind of get into that and kind of look at it through a lens of other companies and kind of see 
what what the future could hold for the beloved Toys R Us brand? Us, Toys R Us brand, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think, Adam, there's incredible learning opportunities from this as well. Um, you know, the just the the leadership direction of Toys R Us. I think that there were a number of like hurdles that they yeah. didn't effectively kind of jump over. For sure. So it you know it just kind of snowballed and then got them into the position that they were in. So now they're what stuck at the bottom of a barrel trying to scratch their way back to the top exactly it's pretty pretty sad but yeah i mean there's a lot of learning experiences that you know we adam and i would like to share you know with you guys that way you can understand what it takes to you know grow a strong and a sustainable brand Definitely. And once again, we'd love you to be a part of the show. So if you want to send your thoughts, your comments, your questions about today's topic, about branding, about successful businesses, or once again, if you just want to be a part of the show, always feel free to send an email to hello at growlikeapro.com. And you'll be able to interact with us. And like I said, we want this to be a very community-oriented show where we're getting people involved and helping grow this awesome community we're in. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, we, it's not it's going to be boring if it's just you and me talking. <laughs> I know, I'm saying. I mean, who wants to listen to us fools? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Granted, we do have the at the beginning of our names now, oh, so yeah. I think that gives us a little it's bit official. of clout. I mean, it is. We're, we're like at a higher level now. <laughs> official, like a referee with a whistle. That's all that I like to say. Um, but, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump into, before we kind of jump into the kind of disaster of Toys R Us. I'd like to jump back to the heyday of Toys R Us or when it began because, you know, it's a fascinating story that you you got to believe pretty much every kid, I mean, at least in, you know, North America and stuff knows about Toys R Us and about mm-hmm. Jeffrey the Giraffe. Um, do you, are, Were you a big Toys R Us kid growing up? Yeah, I mean, uh, who wasn't? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Like, yeah. every time we'd go by the store, which the closest one to me, I think, growing up was like 45 minutes it away. It always seemed like they were just like, not as well as smartly placed as you would think. They were always yeah. kind of a drive because I had the same kind of situation. Well, I mean, I grew up in a small town, like 12 to 15,000 people. So, you yeah. know, my nearest city was like 40 to 45 oh, minutes gotcha, away. Gotcha. So I don't know about you. Yeah. But I mean, I grew up on the east east side of Cleveland. So, I okay. mean, it was a suburb, but it was, yeah, it was nothing, nothing too small to yeah, I, I don't know. It was like the, I, I don't know. I didn't know. I don't know their strategy of how they pick the <laughs> yeah, stores for know. locations. So, but yeah, I mean, I was always a huge fan. Every time we'd go by, I'd be like, mom, dad, let's go over to the <laughs> store. Um, and you know that they'd always be like, no, can't, can't do that. So <laughs> can't do that, buddy. Um, but around Christmas time, my um, aunt Catherine and my grandma, they would usually take us through Toys R Us and then we could pick out the toys that we wanted for Christmas. So um, I loved that. That was like the best, you know, highlight of the year almost. <laughs> because, oh my gosh. You know, we got to walk through, see all the toys, pick the ones that we wanted. So it was, I mean, a great experience. And you know, I, I who what what kid doesn't like toys? You know, it, I mean, they immediately had such a great, I think, um, opportunity with their stores to really connect with not only the kids that were coming in, you know, for their products, but also with the parents too, because you know the whole family in most cases would tag along to go into the store as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had pretty great experiences with it. Um, but I mean, as I grew older, you know, I, I didn't really buy that many toys. Um, I'm a huge fan of Rubik's cubes. I love to solve Rubik's cubes. So occasionally I would go over to the stores, you know, and see if they had any, uh, I guess new puzzles that I wanted to get. But yeah. So what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a huge Toys R Us kid. I mean, I always I always remember, you know, the old Nickelodeon show where they used to have those shopping sprees. Oh, oh yeah. my God, where oh, they would yeah, just get yeah. a card and throw in as many toys as you want. And I'm like, that was the dream growing I, up. I know, I always wanted to do that. I'd I was like, like, how do I become this your, kid? Yes, that's right. I would run straight to the video game aisle and just get everything. I mean, that was, oh, wow. oh my God. I, I just remember doing that. But no, Toys R Us was was a very big destination for me and especially my cousin Ashley and my brother Andrew when he got older but we just used to go there and a lot of times which you know it may be part of the reason that Toys R Us probably got in a lot of trouble is a lot of it is just going to the store to look at the toys and to yeah. walk through and see what you might want for Christmas but mm-hmm. you know unfortunately that doesn't really help a business when it comes yeah. down to it but yeah I mean so much of it was what experiential yeah for know, sure like experiential marketing because yeah I, I mean guess. families only have so much you know disposable income that they can get towards toys but Walking mm-hmm. through those aisles when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my God, look at all this stuff. It's yeah. like all the possibilities of the world are right there. It's a kid's paradise. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I loved 
Toys R Us. I loved going there and seeing everything. And I was big into video games. So, you know, they used to have demos there and things where you can try out stuff. And I'll never forget, you know, you used to take like a little slip if you want to get the game and bring it up to the front. And I always used to be so proud walking up to the front <laughs> counter. And uh, yeah, I, that's awesome. Toys R Us was a, was a huge part of my childhood. But, you know, as you said, when you get older, I mean, I'm still very much a child at heart and love. I used to love going to Toys R Us and seeing kind of what they had and where they'd grown. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it got to the point where I didn't, I didn't really buy anything, but it was fun. It was like a nostalgia trip for yeah, me. It kind of right. got to it. So right. I feel like a lot of these kids, it became a nostalgia trip, which once again, doesn't really convert to money as much. Yeah. I mean, if I were, you know, being older now um, and in a position, you know, where I am helping companies do marketing, if I were behind the scenes of Toys R Us, I would be asking, you know, as these kids are getting older, how, how am I supposed to keep them coming back? Yeah, right. You know, what are some of the things that I can do? But yeah, Adam, I'd love to transition into, you know, hearing more about the history of Toys R Us because, you know, I think, as you know, with every story, you know, every story has a beginning. So I think it's important that, you know, we learn a little bit more of the history of what, you know, who Toys R Us was um, and, you know, how they kind of got into the, uh, I guess, debacle or pickle that, <laughs> yeah, they, that you pickle. know, has been pretty, uh, pretty in the news uh, in the last, what, few months, Yeah, you know, last year, I guess. Yeah, it's so. been, it's been a lot. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of gone the way of, you know, Blockbuster and all these other big brands that you, you sometimes think are safe from everything. They're never yeah. going to go away, but you know what? Such is life, my yeah, friend. I mean, well, once you start to think that you're safe, oh, is yeah. when bad <laughs> things usually exactly. happen. <laughs> exactly. But, um, no, Toys R Us was, uh, it's actually an interesting story. It's been around, it was actually founded in about 1948 Whoa. by a, a man named Charles Lazarus. And he had like a big, you know, a big supermarket. It was called mm-hmm. Children's Supermarket. It was children's furniture and did, you know, all that kind of stuff that focused on the younger demographic. And, and, uh, I'm pretty I, sure he was the guy behind the Lazarus stores. Yeah, wasn't I think he, he might have been. Yeah, I mean, Lazarus is a huge brand. I don't know how far his reach was. Was it outside Ohio and all that stuff? Was I'm it pretty all sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I know the closest Lazarus store uh, to me was actually right near the Toys R Us. <laughs> well, there you go. So how that's probably yeah, probably their strategy with the how they chose locations. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the guy that you know did those stores as well. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, it's uh, so it started like that in the 1948, and then he kept getting a lot of requests from his customers, like, "Hey, it's a kids store. Let's put in some toys." Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of just makes sense to do that stuff. So in June of 1957, you know, the modern iteration of Toys R Us and the brand name and everything mm-hmm. kind of came to be because he kind of evolved his business model and said, "You know what? This is the changing climate. This is what people want." So he adapted, which mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, they kind of lost a little bit of their way presently but that's what kind of helped him take off and i mean let's be honest well for toys r us by the time it declared bankruptcy which we'll get to in a second had Mm -hmm. over 800 stores there were over thirty-three thousand employees i mean Mm -hmm. over 11 billion dollars they were making they were kind of holding that market in the you know the toy industry they were they were the name the face of toys i mean Mm -hmm. when you thought of toys and christmas shopping and all this stuff you thought of jeffrey the giraffe and I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Yep, I that's mean, right. I mean, yeah, the jingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, th- their whole brand was geared towards kids. I mean, even, mm-hmm. you know, the R, the Toys R Us as it is, was yep. drawn backwards to, you know, signify that like a kid was writing it. So mm-hmm. they were trying to really speak to these these kids and let them know that this is a safe place and a fun place where they can be kids and just, you know what? have fun with some toys and yeah. let their imagination run wild. Yeah, Adam, I think I was reading what a few weeks ago on like some of the most recognizable brand logos yeah. in the uh I think in the United States. I don't think it was in the world, but you know, Toys R Us's logo was right up there. Oh man, yeah. Just because, you know, you see it, you know, it brings I, such a good feeling too. Yeah, I mean, you're like I want to go look for toys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's That's uh, awesome. And so I mean, obviously they they found tremendous success they i mean they started expanding you know globally and had stores all over the world and were really like i said they had game shows and they had things and were the face of everything and but you know what once the internet started taking off and one of these some of these other big companies started coming in like you know walmart and amazon and all these guys the competition got very stiff because it was it wasn't so much there wasn't like the only place you could go to get toys the big place mm-hmm. now you can go online to shop you can go yeah. to like you know these stores like walmart and target and certain places and do more than just get toys but and also a lot of these get your other things big, for your house bigger stores too were doing the um uh, pricing competition oh yeah you know like walmart that's one of their i guess staples definitely is, you know, if you find a price that's lower than ours uh we'll match it yeah you know, so that's i think one of the 
areas where Walmart really kind of stepped in. Oh, for sure. Uh, in terms of the competition with Toys R Us, they really kind of, I guess, got their foot in the door, you know, to in terms of price. So I think that's when Toys R Us started to see, uh, you know, a hiccup in, yeah. in some of their sales. And it's actually interesting because, like I said, Toys R Us, you know, cornered the market. They were mm-hmm. the leader. They were the champion of the toys industry. But in 1998, Walmart, it was the first time that a company surpassed them, and it was Walmart. And, you know, mm-hmm. ever since then, it's been an uphill battle for the the toy giant, as it were. Yep. I mean, you know, they yep. opened Babies R Us to try to, peer, to appeal to more people and to different things like that. But it just, they could never quite find their footing. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was interesting. And, you know, it all kind of came to a head last year when they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Yeah, that's right. Which, once again, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to imagine a company like Toys R Us falling after, you know, Everyone knows the brand. Everyone knows the name, the feeling that you get from it. But they yeah, ran into I mean, a lot of trouble. Like industry outsiders, you know, like for me, if I didn't know anything about the industry, if I didn't look at any of their financial numbers, I would assume that they would be, you know, doing well. Yeah, right. Not, you know, again, they're, they were they were slash are still a very recognizable brand. So, like, most people didn't even have uh, any indication, on, again, unless they were looking at the uh, – I guess the financial markets, you know, to see different companies' uh, financial reports that were released. But yeah, I mean, it's like it, it kind of came out of the blue, I think, to the majority of people, um, you know, unless they were paying attention. So it's, it is kind of sad that they, you know, started to go. So it was basically what, um, 10, 10 years or so, um, when they, uh, 20 years or so, when they started to, um, you know, really see that major decline. You yeah. Know, they started to get into debt. Uh, what? How how much debt was that? Was it that they were holding by the time that they would filed for bankruptcy? Yeah, I mean, I know it was around five billion dollars in debt. I mean, it was nothing. It was That's no small crazy. amount. I mean, yeah. Well, was, I mean, who? I think it might have been an article on USA Today that I was reading. <laughs> the service to that loan each year in terms of payment was like two hundred to four hundred some million. Geez. I mean. I, just that alone, like hanging around your neck, leading a company. I mean, in my mind, you can't really escape that. No, like you have no. to constantly be thinking about, okay, we've got this horrible situation. So now how do we get out of it? Yeah, I you mean, know? how do you grow? How do you plan for the future when all you have to do is try to fix mistakes of the past or the, yeah. the, the consequences and problems of prior actions and stuff? I mean, it's it's great. It's such a, it was an insane hole. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, just imagine like your, your competitors, are spending the majority of their increases in revenue that they're getting back on innovation. Right. Where Toys R Us has, what, 200 to $400 million <laughs> every year where they could have been spending it on, you know, innovative new ways to yeah. do marketing. I mean, talk about their their website and their apps. I mean, yeah. it never really worked quite well, at least for me when I ever yeah. use it. Because, you know, there were certain times, especially with... Uh, there were certain times with, you know, Nintendo released these Amiibo figures. They're like mm-hmm. figures of their characters where sometimes they would be at Toys R Us or sometimes they would be available there, exclusive toys and things. Yep. And yep. there were a few times where I would jump back into the toy market and pr- pretty much any time I tried to work with Toys R Us, it was such a hassle. You never really, the things didn't appear correctly. It just, they, were, they, were, they felt like they were a company stuck in the past. Yeah, that's right. Well, every time that I tried to do like any of their e-commerce, you know, shopping online yeah. at their yeah. website, right. it, yeah, exactly. it was not easy to use at all. No. And at the same time, at, the, at that time, you had eBay, you had Amazon, you had some of these major, you know, uh, like Walmart, Target, all these other companies that had really good e-commerce online. I mean, especially like Amazon, where you can literally get the toy the same day if yeah. you live in a certain city. That's I mean, you right. can have it shipped to you within two to four hours. I mean... How, I mean, like, how do you compete against that? Really? Yeah, well, and I mean, then again, it's like, how do you not recognize that yeah, that's going right. on, knowing that you've got to get into that market? So <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what was happening. I mean, I would love to get an insider's view, oh, you yeah. know, within the company of what was internally going on. Um, but yeah, in my mind, it's like, oh, you know, I'm looking around, seeing some of these other major um, things going on, you know, that people are doing, their habits, their behaviors online. You know, why not jump into that? Why not try to test it and figure out if it can work, you know, with, with their company? That's what I, I think would have been thinking. Yeah. About. And it's 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 crazy because people probably thought that, but they're also, they were too busy trying to catch up. I mean, yeah, it's like, that, exactly. yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a problem. It's a story that I, that I'll always remember is, you know, the story of Netflix and Blockbuster oh, yeah. where when Netflix started, they, you know, went to Blockbuster, tried to make some partnerships. Blockbuster basically laughed them out of the room 
and mm-hmm. look at it today. I mean, Blockbuster's yeah. gone, and Netflix is Netflix right. is the biggest pretty much media company in the world yeah. at the moment. And yeah, I just read this morning, Adam, that they have they can they have fifteen percent of global internet traffic. <laughs> That's insane, isn't that ridiculous? So insane. YouTube, the second largest search engine in the world, behind uh, Google itself. Um, has 11%. Jeez. <laughs> so, it's crazy, man. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Re- like the amount of streaming that is happening. I mean, streaming is the future. Right. I mean, oh, the yeah. the sure. way that people are going, it, the, the numbers are just, you know, it's, it definitely concludes that streaming is the way to go. Definitely. So, and, I mean, you know, we're talking about Toys R Us right now, but who are some of the other companies that we may be talking about that, you know, are, could be failing yeah. because they're not um, learning about how to get into the streaming. Exactly. Um, you know, so th- these things, it's like they're, I guess, are like recognizable trends that you've got to that you've got to pay attention to. And you know, as someone, you know, whether you're leading a business or an organization or you're a leader, you know, with your within your own company, some of these trends are very important and they give an indication of, I think, innovative new changes that should happen. You know. Yeah, definitely. And it, you know, it also just begs a question. I know you kind of mentioned before this a little bit is when you're on top, maybe they, when they were like the number one leader in the toy industry, Mm -hmm. they probably weren't looking at those things because they were like, man, we are just, we got, we cornered this market. We're looking good. I mean, obviously there's, there's, I'm sure there were people working on stuff, but how were they being listened to? Were they kind of being like shoved off when they kind of focused in on the online sales and the Mm -hmm. free shipping and the price matching and certain things? And yeah, you, you do have a, a tendency. I mean, that's it's it's a big thing in, you know, football and professional sports and things. There's a very, you know, documented problem that when you reach the top and you win a Super Bowl and a championship, the next year is almost harder because yeah, right. you've reached that goal that you've been striving for. And it's there's a different feeling and you have to find a different drive within yourself because you've reached the top of the mountain. And then it's like, oh, now what? Or what? Or how do I oh. reconcile with these feelings? So it's it's an interesting concept that that you know it's it's not easy to deal with i mean it's yeah. not especially a company as big as toys r us because it's not like it's a small mom and pop shop where mm-hmm. like you and i for this podcast if we want to you know start talking about make this a star wars show we can do that in five minutes yeah. but yeah. a company like toys r us with that has a global reach and mm-hmm. you know different you know investors and constituents and all these people making a change is has to go through so many different levels yeah, it's right. it's it's crazy so it's once again you look at these things it sometimes gets a little daunting that's right yeah and again it's it's easy for us to say outside looking in oh for sure you know, i mean oh yeah the changes hindsight's 2020 yeah, oh my god right. for sure um but i think it was steve jobs you know who said um stay hungry stay um foolish, foolish. Yeah. yeah you know oh, I, yeah. I think and i mean you have to look at his story too of you know he he was part of the one of the major revolutions of you know technological revolutions of our entire world oh man yeah and you know he got he basically helped to make apple an incredibly successful company ended up being almost pushed out of his own company he was pushed out yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the he left of directors, and, you know, worked at started pixar in a sense did yeah, all these things well, I mean, yeah ne- was, next and yeah then, uh-huh. uh, invest, investor in pixar um, which is kind of ironic because he ended up making more money from that deal. Because I, I think he sold he sold all of his shares in Apple when he left, except for a penny or a dollar or something like yeah. that, just you know to basically like rub it in their <laughs> face. Um, but you know, I think he learned that once he came back and was on, you know, because he was he was at the top of his game. Oh yeah, Apple was the company. Um, and then, you know, it, it tanked because they lost focus of who they are. Right. They, you know, they, they, I think, got away from where their true value lied. And then once um, Steve came back, he kind of revitalized that. Um, but, you know, it's that idea that even at the top level, and again, some of those most recognizable, trusted, successful brands, you know, even though that they are the most successful, they are still relatively humble. They still look for ways that they can improve themselves and they take really good care of their team. Yeah. So, you know, those are some of the things in my mind that, you know, if you're if you're wanting to, you know, build a successful brand, you know, looking at some of these, I guess, people in the past that serve as examples, I think is really important. Definitely. No, it's it's a it's a really great point. And yeah, it's a it's not easy building a brand like that and staying it. And it's it's never it never gets easy. It only gets harder. I mean, it's well, the people I think, too, is, you know, you mentioned 33,000 jobs. Yeah. People have lost their jobs. 
you know, recently, I don't know if you saw Adam Sears has filed I know, for I saw uh, that Chapter too. 11 bankruptcy as well. Um, you know, maybe we can talk about them on another yeah, show at some definitely. point. Um, Man, my dad was obsessed with Sears. Even really? like, even in like the past few years, he would always, we would always kind of go back there in a sense. It was so funny. <laughs> I'm like, why are you holding on to this thing? But yeah. you know, it was, it was, it was an interesting store that really had a little bit of everything. I mean, yep, it was, they did. It, they did some cool stuff. But once again, they just, you know, another story of them not adapting. But yeah, it could mm-hmm. be, could be a cool story for another day. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean, so you know, these thirty-three thousand people lost their jobs. They're going to be out there looking for new jobs, trying to find their next thing. So it's you know, it's so sad. And I, I think that's, to me, that's very disheartening as well, because, you know, uh, for me, building a, a trusted brand, one of the most important things to me to help people do that is to be able to provide an income oh, you know, yeah. for other people. Support so, families and people. That's and stuff. right. Yeah. And I mean, you no, know, that's the crazy part too, is, you know, they, so they filed bankruptcy on September 18th, 2017. Yeah. And the last store, and like I said, they had over 800 stores. I mean, obviously they fluctuate, they close some and mm-hmm. things in that, but the last store closed on June 29th of this year. I mean, yeah. less than a year that's after right. they filed bankruptcy, all those stores, all those jobs are gone. Well, didn't they go, they went from like 800 down to 200 Something, yeah, and then yeah. within that last year, they, they just they started yeah, 200. Yeah. Wow. It's uh it's crazy. crazy. I mean, that's that's in, in the grand scheme of things. That is like no time at all. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's right. It's I mean, it was it's a relatively quick, um, quick, quick closing time, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and luckily for, you know, some of these workers that we've been mentioning, um, some of the Toys R Us private equity backers are actually Bain Capital and KKR and Co had been working with some of the workers mm-hmm. to provide some of these because they didn't really get much severance pay or some things because all this stuff happened so fast. Yeah. They're, they're trying yeah. to create like a $20 million fund that will hopefully support these guys because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I bet you some of these Toys R Us employees could have been working there for years and years oh, and yeah. years and been a big part and you know mm-hmm. i loved being a part of the christmas rush and seeing children's faces and doing stuff i mean it's a yeah it was a it really was a happy magical place if <laughs> i mean it's it really was something something special and yeah that's right you get uprooted and hey what you gonna do yeah so adam you know they we obviously know they filed for bankruptcy what has been some of the newest releases in terms of news developments you know so, with, with it what's yeah been going so on? it's so interesting because so you know the news came out that they were filing bankruptcy they closed the last store you know the, the violin was finally playing for the beautiful oh, yeah. wonderful mm-hmm. toys r us and you know they were getting ready for a bankruptcy sale of all their assets because it was a huge company. I mean, they owed baby are, babies are us. They owned the like the logo rights to Jeffrey the giraffe, the famous guy. The URL. They owned some other smaller brands like some journeys companies and some other places. Yeah, wasn't what the total valuation of the, all their stores was like eleven billion? Yeah, or something? yeah, it was. Yep, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was right. I mean, it was, it was a lot a, of money. Yeah, I mean, when they filed bankruptcy, that's what they said. It's like an eleven billion dollar hole was put into the toy industry because they held such. Wow cachet and such value in mm-hmm. the in the business so it was much more than this this brick and mortar store it's not like that's all they had to worry about selling you know the excess toys and stuff there's so much more that goes into like the in, the intellectual property this the, mm-hmm. everything that comes with what toys r us is so the plan was to you know go to bankruptcy court and auction so you know other companies can buy it so you know maybe a different investor could purchase the toys r us brand name or mm-hmm. can purchase different things and you know do whatever they want because you know, with companies of this size, there's obviously a lot of investors and people involved. And with all the Toys R Us losing the money, these guys lost their money. So they yeah. obviously need to find a way to pay these people back because That's they right. have agreements and contracts and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So the news recently came out that they canceled this bankruptcy filing and they are going to be put into a reorganization structure where they're going to mm-hmm. try to yep. rebrand and bring back the Toys R Us name, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. So the the whole story came out. I mean, I think it was it was broke by Wall Street Journal and reported on them about all that stuff. But basically, what happened is these the people involved and the investors and all these people came up with this plan and decided that you know by us rebranding and maybe getting some more investors and backing and trying to do something different, it's really not going to be much different than doing this bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Um, this bankruptcy auction. Like we're really not going to be making as much money for our investors in certain things. So why not try to make a plan to come back in a different way, focus up, see what our weaknesses and strengths are and start fresh with like a clean slate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the plans are still coming together. This news broke. I mean, what in the last couple of weeks? So Mm -hmm. we still don't know all the details of how they're going to become coming back. But the first um, big news that came out is this thing called Jeffrey's toy box 
which is basically a like a shop within a shop or store within a store concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of you kind of understand that if you remember, you know, KB Toy Store or any of these yeah. stores and malls that were just a smaller subsection of a store. It wasn't like a brick and mortar standalone thing. But, you know, they have those Best Buy mobile stores and all these other places where they have a way where, you know, people with foot traffic and in very, you know, populated areas can say, oh, there's there's a toy. Let's run in here and see if we can buy something quick and focus on what kind of made it made it strong. Yeah, and the uh, the plan is to also bring back Toys R Us and Babies R Us in in a, some fashion. But mm-hmm. once again, the details on that are are not quite firmed up yet. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think we kind of alluded to it in our conversation, Adam, is, you know, in in my mind, some of the things they need to be focusing on is, you know, improving their e-commerce ability. Oh, yeah. You know, def- I mean, that's a huge thing competing with, um, you know, Amazon, all the other large e-commerce Definitely. platforms. And then, you know, it sounds like they're trying to go into more of this experiential marketing um, aspect where, you know, they're getting them into the store with different experiences right where you know hopefully they end up purchasing some of the products but you know it's it's trying to get um i guess not just the kids there but also their families yeah. you know to to have this amazing experience and then while they're there you know end up purchasing their products as well so uh it's very interesting you know i um i'm very curious to see how well it plays out um, you know, I'm interested in, in going to see some of their stores once they get them to, to open. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it'll, uh, how it'll, uh, come out. Yeah. And you know, here's, there's two interesting things that come to my mind. First of all, when I, when this all happened, you know, I'm obviously armchair quarterbacking and saying, you know what, how could, <laughs> what if I was the CEO of Toys R Us, yeah, Toys right. R Us, if Toys R Us, if I was Adam the giraffe or something, as I think <laughs> was the title was or something, um, what, what would I have done to save Toys R Us? What are the ways that, you know, you could have helped this brand that found its way in, you know, the, you know, the, in the for what, 60, 70 years and then mm-hmm. just couldn't keep up. And my brain just instantly comes to a place like, you know, Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese or Dave and Buster's or one yeah. of these places where, you know, you have the toy part, but you make it more of like you like you were mentioning like a destination there's food there's you know maybe you can have your some household goods or certain things that are not just toys for the parents yeah. or finding ways to keep your kids engaged where they are making some revenue and some income while even if the kids just want a window shop but they're also you know it may have some cool bounce house or a cool thing with Jeffrey the giraffe or yeah. certain toys i mean they could think think about it with a brand like Toys R Us you can imagine them having some kind of marvel little play thing or yeah. they could have you know power or any Nintendo, any type of character yeah. that they could have using in there and bring some fun back to Toys R Us that's more than just buying a toy. Why not rebrand the store to be called uh, Fun R Us? Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> then within it, you know, you've got Jeffrey's Toy Box now. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, I think that that has a lot of appeal to me. Yeah, because, definitely. Because, you know, it's not just it's not just toys. It's not just babies right. you know, with Babies Are Us, but it's the whole idea of the family. Yeah. You know, everyone can have something that's enjoyable to them. Everyone can have fun within the stores. Of course. Um, and then you've also got, you know, some of the um, other niche draws, like with the toys, with Jeffrey's Toy Box. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's about ex- uh, providing an experience that's long-lasting, um, you know, that really gets people to come back. Yeah, and I think the the interesting position that they're in as well is they're not a little startup. They're not a little company that's trying to make a name for themselves. When they come back and they announce, hey, Toys R Us is coming back this way, people are going to listen. Yeah, But, right. I mean, beyond that first impression, if it, they don't hit it out of the park, then mm-hmm. they'll be in the same boat. That's but right. they have a very, I think and that may have been one of the main reasons for this reorganization plan is they do have that luxury of saying, Hey, when we announce when we're coming back, the world is going to listen, like literally. That's right. So if they can come out with a new new concept, a new idea, a new branding plan, a new way to, you know, fix their e-commerce issues and their Mm -hmm. apps and their certain things to really get in front of people and say, hey, we're here. We've learned from our mistakes. We plan for the future. Let's let's make Toys R Us a name, a household name again. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, yeah, I'm I'm very hopeful, you know, that they um, they have the best um, kind of success you know with some of these new directions that they're going uh, going in because like you said you know they left a huge hole and i'm all about you know empowering 
um, companies, you know, to basically provide a stronger economy for all of us because, you know, that's that's the lifeblood of our society. You know, yeah. We've got to have strong companies, strong brands, you know, that are I, I, helping everyone out, you know, helping out their community and helping out their employees as well. Um, but Adam, you know, the, these kinds of things, building a, a trusted, you know, sustainable brand, you know, learning how to grow like a pro, these are the exact topics, you know, that we pull out on the show oh, you yeah, know, with, for our, sure. with our guests, you know, every, I'm thinking about some of the guests we've already had on, you know, with Ron Greenbaum from the basement doctor and, you know, Genesis marketing and another a number of other of his companies, you know, he, he shares great insights of how to build a, an amazing brand, uh, Dershan Vias from loud capital, you know, JD Bergman from in team, you know, sharing a, a very uh, amazing perspective on what it takes to grow and an, a media or organization, you know, Neil Collins from Innovate New Albany. So, you know, these kinds of things are so exciting to me. And that's why I love having some of these guests to share it. But, you know, I'd love to talk with you on, you know, ask you, what are some of the things in your mind um, that are important for building a, a trusted, a sustainable and a successful brand? You know, what are some of the things, again, like this, Toys R Us could probably provide a lot of insights. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, in your mind, what are some of the things that are important for a successful brand? So I think the most important thing when you're designing a brand and when you're designing, you know, a company or a, a culture or anything that mm-hmm. you want to create, you have to think of it not as much as a brand or a picture. You have to think of it as a feeling. Mm-hmm. You have to think of it when someone looks at your company and looks at your brand, they're going to they're going to correlate that with something with a feeling with a thought with a memory with something so when when they see you you want it to be something positive i mean like i said going back to toys r us when i think of toys r us i get chills through my body because i remember being a kid and running through carefree and finding toys and knowing that this was a safe place and a fun place where i could go and really just you know live out my (laughs) imaginations and dreams and all that stuff and i think the most important thing is being that that transparent thing where you know what you're getting when you look at a company you're not it's not a deception thing you're not looking at you know one of these i mean and, and that's not to say that there aren't places for these but you know these i don't know these corporate places where all you think about is people behind a computer or the yeah. suit and ties or mm-hmm. people that don't care about you you want to have a brand that people respect and believe in and you yeah, don't want I mean, to spread the word about it's like authenticity yeah you know, exactly authenticity and integrity um, you know, building relationships with people that you're serving, it's huge. I mean, like you said, all those those three elements alone provide the amazing feeling that keeps people coming back, you know, to yeah. that company. So that's awesome. Any, yeah. any other things that you're thinking of? <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, obviously saying a feeling is, is easier said than done. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. especially with the Toys R Us where he's had, you know, 60, 70 years to make that happen. Yeah, but yeah. it's, it's kind of what you said. It's about just being authentic to what you're trying to do. I mean... We, we've talked about, you know, Ron Greenbaum and of the basement doctor and these other guys, they are out there living what their message. It's mm-hmm. not some corporate, you know, policy or slogan or thing that's written by some random person that's not lived by it. It's about getting that brand out there into people and seeing that you actually are what you say you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's the most important thing because if someone doesn't trust you, if doesn't, someone doesn't trust the brand, why would they do business with you? I mean, there's so that's many, right. there's so much competition. There's so many other people out there and it's important to have that, that, that look of someone that you want to trust and you want to be friends with. I mean, that's yeah. really what it boils down to. Well, what's the saying? If they like you, they'll be friends with yeah. you. But if they trust you, they'll do business <laughs> exactly. with you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's. I, mean, I think that's how it goes. For sure. I mean, <laughs> trust is such an important thing. I mean, you have all these companies, especially with all these data breaches that are happening in you know today's climate with the oh, internet yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff, where, you know what, if if people are losing their credit cards or doing things and I I don't want to do business with these people. I mean, I know, you know, things happen, Mm -hmm. but when you find out these stories of people embezzling money or not treating their employees right or outsourcing this work to sweatshops and doing this, it's, you don't, there's so much out there. You don't need to give your business to these people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a very interesting thing that I've always really tried to do. And I think it all starts with yourself, like a Mm -hmm. personal, I mean, when you're, going out through your through your your every day you should think of yourself as a brand mm-hmm. because you going to a coffee shop and one example is you walking up and saying coffee and you're on your phone and you're not paying attention that 
that tells a lot about who you are as a person. Yeah, you don't right. care about the person you're looking at. You're looking down on people. But if you go up to everyone and you smile and you say hello and you are friendly and you introduce people and you try to be good, that's going to translate into your business because that's yeah. who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important to focus on those smaller things because it's, it gets daunting when you try to say, how do I take a brand global? How do I do all that stuff? But the point is start with yourself and start making it so you're believable, you're trustworthy, the people around you are trustworthy, and a lot of these things will will follow in a sense. Yeah, that's right. I'm As you're saying that, Adam, I, I go back to uh, one of my favorite quotes from Zig Ziglar. You know, you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get exactly. what they want. Yeah. And like to use your example at the coffee shop, it's like, you know, what does that person at the coffee shop want? They want to serve every customer to the best of their ability, right. you know, with excellence. So if you are the customer, how can you help them do that better? Right. You be, uh, you know, an incredible person, serve them, you know, with kindness, you know, with um, openness, authenticity, you know, give them a smile, make them feel very valued. And what, what will you get in return? The same thing, you know, you'll get incredible service. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that's uh, every, you know, every experience I've ever had with a trusted brand, you know, it is, it very much is um, a focus on authenticity, you know, honesty, um, openness, you know, really wanting to connect with people to serve them, you yeah. know, deliver as much value as they can, I think it's, you know, so important. Yeah. Cause I mean, just once again, to harp on just the, this point I've been making for the last few minutes is especially with these startup companies, like even people out there listening to our show, if you're looking to start a business, like I said, when you start, the business is you mm-hmm. like that's, that's what it is. I mean, that's yeah. why I'm really stressing this fact about that. You need to view yourself as a brand. You don't need to view like you're working for a company that's doing this or something. You yourself are the brand that once you're a part of a company comes with you. Mm. So I think that's just a very important lesson to learn that will really take you a really long way. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's easier to work on. It's, it's like a little less daunting than how do I, <laughs> how do I take a company from, you know, a $10,000 yearly in, like revenue to multi-million dollars. I mean, yeah. it's a lot harder to kind of make those things, but as far as branding and marketing, having a welcome inviting thing with people mm-hmm. you can trust, I think goes a very long way. Yeah. Yeah. And to, you know, build on your points, Adam, my, my, um, I think areas of building a successful brand are broken down into three very important areas. Yeah. And the first one is having a very effective brand story. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's the story of who you are as the leader of your company or your, your organization, or even in your department of your, your company that you're working with, you know, who, what's your personality? How do you interact and serve uh, the people around you effectively? How do you instill and build up your team? Um, and then the second point is, you know, a brand, uh, brand position, you know, that is who you are in your particular industry. What separates you from your competition? What is that value proposition that you have? And, you know, it's, it's the idea of what you do and then how can you do that better? So that's your brand position. And then the final part is your brand journey. So that's the journey that you're leading your customers or the people you're serving on when you're working with them. So, you know, it's really a a process of understanding who you're trying to serve, the demographic, you know, the ideal uh, kind of client or customer, you know, really understanding who they are and how you can deliver the best value to them through, you know, a trusted relationship. And then how do you make that sustainable? You know, how do you how do you continue to build a relationship with them that adds value to them throughout, you know, their entire life? How do you get them to become, you know, a raving fan? Um, and, you know, that's, a, I think, a big question a lot of companies are asking. Yeah. You know, how do you get people to come back? Um, and then the, I think one of the last parts of the um, brand journey is, you know, how can you have an impact on the community, you know, that your business is, is um, located in? You know, how do you, you know, our guest, Ron Greenbaum, you know, he, he's so passionate about giving back. Um, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, people at different levels, whether they're really uh, mega successful or, or even, you know, at any level that I, I think we've noticed, Adam, is they're very much passionate about giving back. Yeah. You know, they want to have that impact. So, you know, those are my three areas of, um, I think, uh, building a successful brand, the brand story, brand position, and brand journey. Yeah. And I mean, it's the the old saying, like, what, high tides raise all ships. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, right. that's, that's really what you have to, to view it as, is that when you're 
building a business and building a brand, you're not just, I mean, you, in a sense, you're obviously doing it for yourself, but you're also doing it for your community. I mean, mm-hmm. your business is going to impact customers and is going to impact people's lives, which is going to, in effect, impact millions of other people's lives through, you know, the butterfly effect and all these yeah. certain <laughs> things like that, whatever. <laughs> but you have to just think of it in that kind of sense that mm-hmm. your actions are not just affecting you. They're affecting your family, your friends, your customers, your yeah. com- mm-hmm. your competitors. I mean, it's it's a, it's a very... It's, it's, it's a way you have to kind of change your mindset, which I think will really go a long way. And yeah. uh, that's kind of one other kind of maybe one of the, our final topics that I do kind of want to jump into is so it's nice when you're creating your brand. But I think one of the harder parts is like with Toys R Us. I mean, how do you change your brand? I mean, how do you if you've been in business for 20, 30, 40 years? I mean, yeah. how do you change the ship at that point? I mean, what do you what do you do? I mean, do you have any thoughts on on kind of that side of things because it's it's a completely different set of thinking in a sense yeah yeah, yeah i mean I'm, whenever i'm working with a company you know that i i, I usually say they're in a brand crisis um, so, you know, with Toys R Us, to use them as the example, I would definitely, and I think you would agree yeah. that, you know, they're in a brand crisis. Uh, I would say they were in a brand crisis a while ago, a <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would go back to, you know, the things that I said, um, you know, with my points uh, to just to provide my opinion, you know, so looking at some of the issues that they were facing, you know, obviously what they were doing wasn't working. So I kind of go back to, you know, looking at those three areas. Is it a problem with your brand journey? Is it a problem with the people that you're trying to serve, your customers? Um, is it a, a problem where you can't serve them effectively with that journey that you've got? Or is it a problem in your brand position? Is it a problem with the system that you're using? You know, we already mentioned the e-commerce aspect, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it, those are the areas that I kind of go back to. Um, and then I think a really important pe- uh, piece of information you just mentioned, Adam, is you know, a lot of these people were there at the, in terms of the leadership for a long time. Yeah. So I would go back to the brand story. So the people behind the company, you know, it might be a situation where you're, you're going to need to replace some of the team, you know, to, to basically equip, um, and develop the company uh, rebranding essentially, you know, is what we're talking about. So that's where my mind goes immediately. You know, it goes back to those three areas. Is it a a problem with who you are as a leader, your team, or is it a problem with, you know, what you're doing and how you're doing it? Or is it a problem with, you know, how you're serving your customers, how you're delivering value to them? And, you know, that kind of, um, uh, I guess, um, like impact that you're trying to provide. So that's what, you know, I go back to those areas. And then once you identify the problems, you can figure out, okay, what's the sustainable plan the action plan here that we can take. What are some of the steps that we can take right now, you know, solve those problems and get back on a, a trajectory of growth rather than, you know, um, I guess decline. Yeah, no, I think those are, those are really great points. And, you know, to kind of jump on those and to, to give a little bit of insight from my end, I think, uh, it's very important. And I think we, we touched on this before, especially with the, you know, the Steve jobs quote, stay hungry, stay foolish. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, find success and you find a level of success you tend to in a sense get comfortable i mean you're, yeah, you're happy with your right. success you're finding this and in an even more dangerous sense you get stuck in your ways mm-hmm. so you mentioned something about maybe it's time to change leadership and mm-hmm. you know maybe it's not even changing leadership but it's bringing on new people or listening to the new generation or mm-hmm. people that are more in tune with the changing climate because when you're at the top it's harder for you to see what's happening at the bottom yeah. I mean, especially with a company like Toys R Us, it's hard unless you go walk the stores and you work the cash registers and you mm-hmm. see the people walking in the stores, what's happening. And I think that's a very important lesson is that you should never, ever, I mean, op- having an open mind, I think, is one of the most important things to have. I mean, obviously, you don't want to have a fully open mind. You could have your mm-hmm. door like half open or something because <laughs> you got to you gotta believe in your mission and not, you know, listen to everybody and that's stuff. Right. But but thinking that something that worked in the 70s or 80s is going to work in uh, 2018 is just a foolish way of thinking mm-hmm. that n- that needs to happen and a lot of companies get stuck in those ways and you know you always hear they're they're you know stuck in the sand or stuck in cement or something because yeah. they just haven't moved on and you know what i think a lot of that too is not not really devaluing the importance of family and friends in a sense mm-hmm. because what's important when you're 
when you're up, when you reach a level of success, this is especially speaking to those out there that have found success, that have made a lot of money, have made really great stuff, but are running into some issues. Mm -hmm. It's important to listen to those around you because they knew you back when. They yeah. knew they know who you are. They know like how you got to where you were. And even if you lost your way, they'll call you on your stuff. And I think that's that's very important yes, because absolutely. a lot of times, you know, in the business world, it's it's the truth that in a sense, sometimes you alienate people. You don't have time for your family. You don't have times for your friends and certain things and relationships go, you know, the way the Titanic is a word. But yeah. I think it's very important to not lose sight of those people because nobody besides yourself knows you better than those people. And I think it's very important to listen to them and listen to people who've been there, who've been through similar situations and really just keep an open mind about things and not be afraid to make change because you have to realize that I know change is scary, but in a lot of times, if you don't make a change, the the result is going to be even scarier. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's so funny because I think change is the only constant that we have in our lives. Yeah, every you know? I mean, and every second of every we, day is we change. Hate it so I know much, it's so funny. It's I mean, so necessary. We change to you know get out of bed. That's a change. That's you right. get in the shower. You do. I mean, everything you do is a change. But mm -hmm. we still have this you know the stigma that oh man, I can't do change. I'm not good with change. It's yeah. like every motion you do is a change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my. Well, gosh. you know, I'd love to you know invite an opportunity for all of you listeners. If you want to be a guest on the show, we would love you know Adam and I. I would just love to have you guys oh, on. Yeah. You know, we're always looking for new voices, new stories to share. Again, this, the whole purpose of this podcast is to be able to share, you know, tips, tools, techniques, you know, whatever um, other pieces of information that you can provide that really helps all of us, you know, to grow like a pro. You know, Adam mentioned it earlier in our conversation that, you know, all of the, the all of us working together, you know, it, it's synergistic. We'll all be able to help each other in the end because we all have different, I guess, areas of expertise where we can lend and deliver value to. So, you know, Adam, how can people connect with us if they want to, you know, be a part of the show? So, of, of course, you can email us at hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And you can follow myself at Adam Bankhurst, and you can follow Jason. Just search for Jason Flagel <laughs> online. It should come up. My website's thejasonflagel.com. Yeah, you know what? We're, we're, once again, we're very open. Our, you know, our direct messages are open. Feel free to email us with thoughts, questions. Like I said, if you want to come on the show, we are so happy to have you to open up our dialogue and learn new things. Mm -hmm. And like I said, help the community help everyone grow and get better and find that success that they're looking for. Absolutely. So, you know what? Grow Like a Pro is, it's a weekly show. Um, mm -hmm. We post every Thursday at 6 a.m. So if you're driving into work, you'll have a fresh new show with you all That's the time. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I said, we're looking forward to just, you know, changing the flow of the show and finding ways to be innovative and be out in the community and have live shows and do all this fun stuff. So we got yeah. a lot of cool things planned. Yeah. I mean, if you've if you've got any t uh, topics or any things that, you know, you would love to hear us talk about or, try you know, try to find a special guest, please email us. You know, we'd love to have that feedback as well. Uh, any ideas that you have. Again, we want to make this a show that's focused on delivering as much value as possible. Definitely, definitely. And you know what, Jason, all of the listeners out there and the wonderful people, I can't thank you guys enough. And mm -hmm. that was a good conversation. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Absolutely. And, and Toys R Us, we wish you the best. And uh, come absolutely. back strong because a world without Toys R Us is a pretty sad one, I must oh, yeah. say. <laughs> absolutely. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, thanks. Have a great day. And we will see you next week. We'll